election. There's no secret that, uh, you know, I wasn't in favor of this. Matter of fact, I stood there, uh, you know, a while back and saying I wasn't in favor of it. And that is the premier just moments ago answering reporters' questions after he announced that Ontario will require proof of vaccination in select settings. This all to begin later this month, September the 22nd. Now, those settings will include restaurants, bars, nightclubs, gyms, sporting events, concerts, movies, and casinos. Uh, Not on the uh, list, uh, salons, retail stores, and places of uh, worship. Now, uh, Dr. Moore, Dr. Kieran Moore, Ontario's chief medical officer, did address that during the press conference that you heard just moments ago here on Global News Radio, saying that if the risk increases in any of those uh, areas, churches or uh, salons, that they will change course. And October 22nd is when we will all have the ability to and will receive a QR code that will be available for our phone or digital device as proof of vaccination. Starting September 22nd, you will have to have a, a paper copy of that uh, proof of uh, vaccination. Let's welcome in a vaccine a researcher, family doctor, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel joins us now for more on this and the latest COVID headlines. She joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Doctor, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Okay, your take on what was just announced, this new proof of vaccination, will it be enough, do you think, to protect people, keep hospitalizations down, and businesses open? You know what? Ontario's pulling out all the stops, and I'm thrilled about that because it's so important. We know that vaccination alone is not going to work, nor is mitigation alone going to work. So we're seeing this beautiful combination, this constellation. Yes, we're seeing some vaccine mandates coming in place now, especially in in areas of potential high super spreader events. So that's one aspect. But vaccine passports adds another feather to the cap. It's one more aspect that will ensure that our case numbers are down and that suffering is minimized. All right. What about the exemptions? And do you believe that there are too many? I mentioned a few of them a second ago, and I think some people are questioning why you wouldn't have to show proof of vaccination at a a salon where there's, you know, some intimate contact with hair, nails, that sort of thing. Uh, Malls and retail stores where you could congregate and be as close as you would be maybe in a movie theater where you have to show proof of vaccination starting September 22nd. So what do you make of the exemptions? Well, there's no one size fits all. There's no one particular thing that's going to work in every single area in Ontario. Ontario is a vast place, you know, so it's it's hard to find a one size fits all. But what I think this is a step in the right direction. Is it going to be perfect? A hundred percent, it's not going to be. People are going to be congregating in houses of worship, and what are they going to be doing? Singing, and the and the ceiling may be low, and the air circulation may not be optimal. Would I go to one of these places? Not personally, but so what? A lot of other people may make the decision that if they're fully vaccinated, it's worth the potential risk. It is a risk though. And is this, you know, we know it's not going to be perfect. It is a, it's a, it's a work in progress. Let's put it that way. And what will happen is that when, if and when the province sees an uptick in cases in one of these areas, I'm hoping that they'll act on it very quickly. Okay, would we be better off with a a universal passport? That is something that the Premier uh, hammered home a couple of times during uh, reporters' questions this afternoon. 
And would a single proof of vaccination from the federal government that uh, we could use right across uh, the country, a single standard, would that make more sense? Because, I mean, obviously, Dr. Gorfinkel, the virus doesn't know any borders. So should our uh, passport uh, and the proof of vaccination, uh, you know, have borders? And should there be one for B.C. and a different and separate one for Ontario and yet another one for Quebec? You know, you're raising a question that's long been asked, and that's been across the board for this. So what we've seen is that the federal government has basically downloaded the responsibility, as it is with most healthcare decisions, by the way, to the provinces and territories. And up until fairly recently, the provinces and territories have left that decision to individual institutions. And you ask a very good question. What's wrong with that picture? What's wrong is that you wind up with a hodgepodge of various you know, individual institutional decisions that in fact can go against healthcare policy as a whole. So you're right, in an ideal world, but is it realistic to make it happen? We would have one, one thing for all of Canada to follow and that way we would stand as a united country. But it's very difficult to do because of course case numbers of the territories are not the same as what they are say in Ontario. Okay, you talk about standing as a united country. Proof of vaccination, the vaccination mandate, the vaccine passport, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this is obviously all of it very contentious, subject to a lot of debate when it comes to things like personal rights and, and freedoms. But I just wanted to ask you, Dr. Gorfinkel, from a medical standpoint, why do these proofs of va- vaccination, a vaccine mandate or passport, why medically do these make sense? They make sense simply because every Canadian has a right to feel safe wherever they may be. And it comes down to what my individual patients are telling me. There's a tremendous amount of fear. And that fear is there with good reason. Because when people go out, they're worried about potential for exposure. My older patient, sure, she's not immunocompromised enough to get that booster shot, but she knows the vaccines aren't perfect. And then you have a whole cadre of individuals who, for whatever reason, are not vaccinated. If you take a look at Canada's data as a whole, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, period. I don't think anyone can debate that, even when you look at what's happening in Ontario. Some 90% of infections are happening in individuals who simply are not vaccinated. You know, so, but that's not to say that individuals who are fully vaccinated don't still take on some risk. Yes, they do form a low, a very low percentage of hospitalizations and a very, very low percentage of deaths, but this is what it comes down to. We all have a right to feel safe when we're going out, especially into public areas. So I think that's the bottom line. We're also dealing with the Delta variant. Let's not fool ourselves. It's more than twice as contagious. You know, we've seen pictures of the teacher in Marin, California, who took off her mask for all of five minutes to read to a vaccinated class, a somewhat vaccinated class, and still there were cases. You know, she herself was unvaccinated. Is it her right? I ask, is it her right to go to a classroom knowing that she's unvaccinated and take off her mask? When Incidentally, she was actually symptomatic. So, you know, these are, these are human things. These, are, these things are going to happen. And I think that we're walking a careful line between mandates, you know, saying, yes, you, if you're going to take on that responsibility, my own personal opinion, if you're a cook in that kitchen, 
You owe it to the people that you're serving to make sure that you don't make them sick. Bottom line, no, it's not my right as a doctor to not get vaccinated. Okay, well, you mentioned our vaccine uh, rate, our vaccination numbers. They are pretty good in the province. We now have proof of vaccination coming September 22nd. I wanted to ask you about testing, and do we need testing to increase as well, do you think? Because those that are vaccinated can still be, uh, as we know, uh, positive or, or get or catch COVID. That's absolutely true. One of the big issues around vac- uh, around widespread testing is how are people going to get the tests? Who is going to watch that they've done the test correctly? And how are we going to be able to verify that that test has been done? So right now, if I want to get a test today, I have to go to my local pharmacy and pay $40. Oh, is $40 a lot of money to a doctor? No, it's not. But is $40 a lot of money to somebody on a minimum wage salary? You bet it is. And that's a barrier to getting tested. So how realistic it is to get every Ontarian a test, I just don't think it is. And I also think that's going to prove to be a very significant barrier unless that's fully covered. You know, can we afford it? Can we get it out? Is everyone educated enough to do the test and to do the test properly? And can we verify it? All right, just a final question on this. So the Premier did say that he was not in favor of this and also went on to say during this press conference last hour that Ontario will not use this proof of vaccination a day longer than we have to. Any idea how long we will need a proof of uh, vaccination or this uh, walking around with this QR code uh, on our phones or with uh, Delta and other variants out there? It's anybody's best guess right now? I think it's we can we can go a little bit further than say it's anyone's best guess. It will all depend on what's happening with the caseloads. How many diagnoses are there being made? My hope is that this will allow us for once to be proactive so that instead of being reactive to hospitals that are being overwhelmed, ICU beds that we don't have and deaths that unnecessarily had to happen, instead of that scenario, we're being proactive in identifying patients earlier and making sure that people are vaccinated. That's the goal here. So what's gonna happen with vaccine passports in the long run? If the case numbers in fact stay low, I hope that we'll do a very slow dance backwards. You know, we've seen what happened to Israel. They had their green pass system. It was working great. And what did they do? Open wide. Big mistake. Because now they're having to bring back the passports and they're seeing a huge uptick in cases. All right. Stand by. we got to take a break. But when we come back with Dr. Gore Finkel, we're going to ask her about yet another variant that has been uh, detected. And also, why Health Canada has come out with a warning for people that are using a drug intended for horses in an effort to combat COVID. That coming up here on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink. 